This is Aaron. I am Aaron Anderson Whiting. And this is Kit. My name is Kit McKay. And 10 years ago, these two women did something a lot of people might have seen as, well, Aaron sums it up nicely. Are we crazy? What, wait, what are we thinking? They decided to open a cutting-edge professional theater company, the kind you'd expect to find in New York or Chicago, in a town of only 15,000 people. But here's the thing. The place they chose is no ordinary town. It's an artsy little haven tucked inside the outset pinky of Michigan's famous waving hand, right on two gleaming Lake Michigan bays. Traverse City, Michigan. Traverse City, Michigan. This is the story of two entrepreneurs who dreamed of bringing world-class theater to a very specific spot on the globe. The 45th parallel. I'm Tommy Andres, and this is Creative Coast. Since this is the first episode of this podcast, let me tell you what it's all about. Traverse City, Michigan is a magical little place that has, in the last decade or so, become a magnet for creative talent from all over the world. The natural beauty of all four seasons and the Great Lakes, the vibrant restaurant and art scene, and the 40 different wineries and 12 craft breweries have lured many young artists and visionaries from expensive big cities to this affordable oasis. Now, over the next 12 episodes, we're going to talk to some of the creative entrepreneurs who have made Traverse City their home and who have brought with them exciting new ideas, interests, inspiration, and innovations. Our first episode is about a place that has become a Northern Michigan institution, the Parallel 45 Theater Company. Many of life's most consequential moments are enveloped by fairly pedestrian circumstances. For friends Kit McKay and Aaron Anderson, life changed forever over dinner. At a sushi restaurant, called Koi in Chicago in 2008. Erin makes one of her visits. I was in Chicago for work, where I traveled often. She's visiting because she's in love with somebody in Chicago. And she stays with me. And we would plot and plan how, you know, she was going to get this guy. Kit is going to Northwestern at the time, getting her master's degree in theater directing. Here's Kit talking about Erin. She sits me down, and she has this look in her eye. And she asks me, what was I thinking about for my next steps in my career? Which felt really official and professional and not us at all. I had a, I had a proposition for her. She was talking about the various job offers she was already getting from theaters all over the country. Some pretty prestigious, fancy opportunities. Maybe I'll, I'll stay in Chicago, do the storefront scene for a little while. Maybe I'll go back to New York and get a fellowship. Maybe I'll go to Austin or Boulder. I said, okay, that's all great and congratulations. What if instead of taking one of those super fancy jobs somewhere around the country, what if you came to Traverse City and we started our own company here? And it took me about two seconds to realize that that was what I was looking for, that I wanted to go home. Th that was the moment. The path to that dinner started with the formation and snaked through the cultivation of a decade-long friendship. When Aaron and Kit were teenagers, they were both students at the Interlochen Arts Academy a boarding school at the world-renowned Interlochen Center for the Arts, just 15 miles outside of Traverse City. 
this school has pumped out some major talent. Musicians like Nora Jones, Josh Groban, and Jewel. Actors like Terry Crews and Felicity Huffman. And writers and directors like Breaking Bad creator Vince Gilligan. You write the things that excite you or horrify you. Here's Aaron. When I went to Interlochen, my entire world just sort of split open and got about 10 times bigger in all the best ways. Kit says Interlochen felt a world away from the Indianapolis suburb she had grown up in. It got me out of a very conservative, straight-laced environment and allowed me to sort of fly my freak flag a little bit. It was at Interlochen where Aaron and Kit first met. Kit and I were at Interlochen together for one year, um, and I only knew her from afar. She was a theater major, and I was there for creative writing. So I sort of knew of her and um, thought that she was very cool. The feeling was mutual. Here's Kit. Erin Anderson and I were on the outside of a friend group at the academy, and um, I was jealous of her because she was super cool and had a super cool boyfriend, and she was jealous of me because I was super cool and had a super gay boyfriend. And we were sort of satellite circling the same theater group, um, never really connecting, but always sort of like gazing lovingly from afar with jealousy. But Aaron and Kit didn't start hanging out until a couple of years later. We both ended up in college in New York at Sarah Lawrence. And that's when we became very close personal friends. Like really close. When I went abroad in college, she would send me letters updating me about episodes of Party of Five. (laughs) And I have them to this day. They are long and they matter. After college, Aaron started working in publishing in Manhattan. I got a lot of free books. And Kit was trying to make it in the city as a theater director. Absolutely. Yeah, New York was where it was at. But for Aaron, after a few years, the luster of New York rubbed off. I just reached a point where I realized, okay, I'm looking at my 30s, and I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to do a lot of the things that I love doing in life if I stay in New York. It's unlikely I'm going to make enough money to not have to live with roommates. It's unlikely I'm going to ever be able to get away to a place where I can hike and be outdoors. You know, all these things that I loved, I was finding myself saying, well, you could do that back in Michigan. And I kept trying to argue myself out of it. Like, well, yeah, but that's where you came from. I mean, you can't just like go home because somehow like you're conceding. That's funny. That's very relatable to me because it's it's so hard to show that you're successful as a young person, except for where you live geographically. And I remember I moved to New York also uh, pretty early after college, like after a year or two after graduating. And I would just, when I would come back or whatever, people would say, oh, you know, what are you up to these days? And I'm like, oh, I live in New York. And just saying you lived in New York was like a sign of success to people who stayed. Totally. You're right. It's like something on the resume that needs no defense or explanation. It's like, oh, well, you're in New York, so it must be, you must be doing okay. Aaron moved back to Traverse City in 2003 and started working in fundraising at Interlochen. And Kit eventually left the Big Apple, too, for grad school. 
So it was under these circumstances that two talented and hungry friends, both literally and figuratively, ended up sitting across from each other in a Chicago sushi joint discussing Aaron's proposition. What if you came to Traverse City and we started our own company? Kit was thrilled with the idea. I had all of the circles of people who I needed to create that company. All I needed was the place. But she also had some concerns. My one question to Aaron was, is there an audience for the kind of work that you and I enjoy? And she said, absolutely. And she cited the film festival's success at that point. The Traverse City Film Festival that had been going at this point for several years was very successful, was growing every year, was pulling an audience that we thought we might pull as well. A lot of those local people were going to the film festival and not just going to it. They were proud of it. She explained to me that the food scene was hopping and the bar scene was growing and that people were moving there from Brooklyn and Detroit and Cincinnati. And uh, I, I was in. The next step was to come up with a mission and a name. We thought for a long time about names and um, we thought about what is the thing that is sort of a touchstone for most people about our area. And one of those things is the 45th parallel runs just north of Traverse City and continues on around the globe. And the 45th parallel is significant because it is exactly halfway between the equator and the North Pole. We have three core values. Home, where we are, being part of Traverse City's success story is the first one. That's why we're called Parallel 45. It's the location of where we are on the map. Professionalism, talented, trained artists that you can count on who are coming from all over the place, including Traverse City. And, um, oh my God, how am I losing the third one? Give me a second. (laughs) What's our third core value? (laughs) I give so much credit to Kit for directing the why of Parallel 45. Oh, reinvention, duh. (laughs) How did I lose that? Every story has the chance for a second look. (laughs) The way you can boil it down really is familiar stories for the adventurous mind. Now, starting a professional theater is no easy task, but there were some other complicating factors. Remember how I said that faithful dinner where Kit and Aaron decided to take the leap was in 2008? What in the world is happening on Wall Street? The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement, and I don't blame them. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. We started Parallel 45 in early 2009, so that was a really financially shaky time (laughs) to be starting a new endeavor, nonprofit arts endeavor in a small town that had been hit really hard with what had happened in the real estate industry and market. We were gutsy. We had her eyes on the prize. We were not going to let the recession even touch us. And it has everything to do with how scrappy we were at that time. I have to give props to our production manager, Linda Osborne. She and her team of designers would make theaters out of garbage, actual garbage, for years. 
Um, and so it was about that scrappy Chicago gritty, um, you can do it without bells and whistles attitude. And also Aaron Anderson, who had the tenacity and chutzpah to ask for money during a time when no one had any. Another complicating factor, even though Kit was an accomplished theater director and Aaron was a master at fundraising, neither one of them knew the first thing about how to actually run a theater company. So Kit decided, in the midst of kicking off this new venture and in the midst of a recession, to go back to grad school for a second master's degree in theater management. And not just any grad school, Yale. By the grace of the universe, they accepted me. So, Kit, what was it like launching this company and going to Yale at the same time? <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's the most, it's talk about the culture of exhaustion. Yale School of Drama is the most exhausting place on the planet, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. So, Kit's in New Haven, Connecticut, and Aaron is in Traverse City, and they're having this sort of long-distance entrepreneurial relationship raising money, selecting shows, setting up venues. And in the summer of 2010, while Kit is still in grad school at Yale, Parallel 45 stages its first show. Which was August 19th, I think, 2010. So we brought in 10 actors, three technicians and designers, all of whom traveled for free and got paid nothing. And they came for 10 days. We all lived in one house. And we put on a production of Our Town in an old city hall. <laughs> we were in a venue that had no air conditioning. It was unusually hot for Northern Michigan. It was almost 100 degrees. So it's hot. It's closed in. We bought a bunch of old wicker furniture and put it in the round. So, and put lamps and rugs and cushions. So every audience member was sitting in the round in their own piece of furniture. It, it stripped it down sort of to its essence. It was very minimal. It was visually beautiful. It was really beautiful. I'm extremely nervous because you want everything to go so well. And you're wondering Who's going to show up for this and what is their reaction going to be? From Erin's end, she was scared. Are we going to get audience members? Are we going to get money in the door? You know, I was worried about, are we telling the story in an exacting way? Is this a successful venture? Is this a great piece of art? And are my artists believing that it's a great piece of art? I was so excited. I could not sit in the audience. I had to watch the show from this sort of vestibule near the stairs to the balcony so I could see the audience reaction, but I didn't have to arrange my expression, you know, to fit that. I could just experience their experience from afar because I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. In the third act, when we go to the graveyard, a thunderstorm came through and there was this huge crash of thunder during the darkest period of the piece. It's really magical. When the show ended and the audience stood to their feet, I remember thinking, this is going to work. Like it, it just confirmed, we know what we're doing. We just have to keep going.
Aaron and Kit's theater company, Parallel 45, grew and grew. And eventually, they were both able to leave their day jobs to run Parallel 45 full-time. And Aaron says that transition helped her come to a realization about vocation and identity. I definitely had the assumption that what you love to do needed to be separate from how you were going to make a living and get a paycheck. I just assumed that that was true. Art and what you might love to do from a creative perspective was this sort of like pure, separate thing, not to be sullied by getting a paycheck. And it didn't occur to me for a really long time that that didn't have to be true, that there was a way to marry what you love doing with the way to make a living. And it actually didn't corrupt the thing just because you figured out a way to get paid (laughs) to do it. In fact, (laughs) it's better because you actually have your full energy to put toward the thing. And I decided I wanted to figure out a way to actually be able to live because I thought that what I might be able to create artistically and creatively has value. And it's almost like I think as artists, sometimes we are afraid to say that. And it's just to say confidently, this has value, and I'm not afraid to sort of put it out there up against all these other things people get paid to do that also have value. And yes, they are different, but they're no less valuable. Over the past 10 years, Kit and Aaron have brought in more than 160 professional theater artists from all over the world to stage 22 productions. There's been financial success. Parallel 45 has grown from a budget of $14,000 in that first year to more than $700,000 in 2020. And during the 2019 summer season, the theater company sold 4,000 tickets. But there's also been critical success. P45's 2017 production of Alice in Wonderland was nominated for a Wild Award for Best Play. But one of the most striking things about P45 to me is this little fact. P45 is a marriage maker. (laughs) While working on the play Our Town in our first summer, I worked for the first time with an actor named Noah, who ended up being my husband. And here's Aaron. I met my husband because of Parallel 45. He was an actor who came to play a role in a production we were doing of The Terrible Tragedy of Peter Pan by Philip Claverich. P45 is just like a hotbed for intense romance. In the summer of 2019, Parallel 45 moved into a brand new venue. The theater company worked with Traverse City Parks and Rec to raise money to fix up an old amphitheater at the Grand Traverse County Civic Center. In its ninth year, Parallel 45 got a permanent home. But a theater forged in the midst of a financial crisis is now weathering another one. Here's Aaron. Maybe that prepared me in some way to feel a little bit of optimism in our current moment in our COVID-19 moment, in that I feel like, okay, we've been here before. Aaron and Kit, like everyone else in the world, began watching a global pandemic spread across continents and leap oceans. And they made the painful decision to cancel the 2020 season. Here's Kit. It was very clear to me from an early moment that this was going to be impossible. 
And uh, so we made the decision on the early end, knowing that uh, it would not be safe to, to fulfill our mission this summer. What did it feel like to have to cancel it, like, like in that actual moment of having to send out the message to the community? Like a breakup, <laughs> like a really hard breakup. It makes us so sad. Here's Aaron. What I'm sad people won't experience this summer is being outside at our venue is really lovely on a summer night. We wanted to create the best of both worlds, which was how can we have an intimate setting where you're never more than three rows from the action and yet not be indoors? Because most outdoor theater is you're on a blanket on a hillside watching a stage super far away. So we created an outdoor theater that is still set up for that intimate kind of exchange. It's completely covered, so the audience is covered if it rains. But you can come early, you can picnic on the lawn, we have a bar set up, you can get your wine, you can bring your own food, get food from food trucks, and then you can take your seat, see a great show. You still have the wonderful breezes of a summer night, the stars come out. It's just really magical, and I will be very excited to get back to that. Kid and Aaron are sad, but they're not afraid. We know how to pare down to just our essence. And we know how to do good work. And we know there are people who value that. And if we can just hang on, I think we can make it through. They're confident Parallel 45 will survive to see another summer. And that this time of crisis, suffering, and fear will inspire many artists to create new work work that, once the virus is contained, they can share under the tent with those wonderful Traverse City summer breezes. If you would like to learn more about Parallel 45, visit Parallel45.org. Creative Coast is a podcast series brought to you by Traverse Connect, the Grand Traverse Region's economic development organization, and is produced by Maria Byrne and myself through our own little startup podcast company, Heirloom Media, that's spelled A-I-R. Our composer is the incredibly talented Josh Hoisington, a Traverse City local, by the way. This podcast series is made possible thanks to generous support and funding from the Michigan Film and Digital Media Office at Michigan's Economic Development Corporation. You can visit Traverse Connect's website at traverseconnect.com.